Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leave the Pin In podcast. As always, proud to broadcast on the Bringing the Heat podcast network. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I've got my co-host, El Hombre Que Asusta a la USGA, Scott, 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 conmigo, Scott. What's a good word? Uh, hola, ¿cómo estás? Yo soy uh, excited to be here. Sí, sí, sí. Hola, mundo. Scott, we had a crazy week in Mexico. Uh, it really was crazy. I, I, there's so many things to talk about. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with the week in golf news. Um, it was – there's been just some beyond ridiculous stories. So we know this week that if Kepka wins, if DJ wins, if JT wins, they all become number one. And lo and behold – DJ goes out in the home of the cartels and takes home the number one world ranking. Uh, he really was dominant this week. Um, it, it got to the point where I was kind of bored watching it because it, it was a foregone conclusion by the time they got to 13. Uh, so, but the man, he delivered. Yeah, he was playing a different course, completely different course. Uh, but aside, we'll, get, we'll get to the WGC in Mexico because there's so much to talk about. But let's just hit on some other of these crazy stories that happened this week. So Tony Romo is going to compete in the Byron Nelson. And we've got a ton of people, especially pros, complaining on Twitter that he's taken away a spot, um, that he's not a tour pro. You know, you cool with him doing that, Scott? So here, and the pros should know better. Here's the thing. He's not taking away a spot from anyone who would be trying to make a name for themselves by getting into a, a PGA Tour event. Exactly. He's taking away a sponsor's exemption, which goes to guys normally who are older tour pros, who are names, who they just want to get people to the event by saying, oh, look, you know, Fred Couples is playing or Vijay Singh. VJ Singh is ranked 930th in the world. That's who he's taking a spot from. Right. And who's going to sell more tickets, VJ Singh or Tony Romo in Texas? Uh, Tony Romo, uh, and honestly, probably in more places than just Texas. Exactly. So, look, for all the people that complain that he's not a tour pro, these are, like Scott said, they're sponsors' exemptions. It doesn't even really count towards the number in the field. There's only a certain number of guys that make it in, and they save some sponsors' exemptions for guys that can boost t- ticket sales. And, yes, usually it is a popular guy in that area. A lot of tournaments do it for up-and-coming teens or amateurs that have some connection to the area. And, I mean, who's got more connection in golf and in Texas than Tony Romo? Um, Jerry Jones? <laughs> yeah, but Jerry Jones probably break Not the golf, though. <laughs> no, break a hip walking off the first tee, you know? Mm, true, true. All right. Uh, look, our man, 
the guy that, you know, the, the inspiration for the name of this podcast, Leave the Pin In, our man Bryson DeChambeau, the mad scientist, Beaker himself, has been a train wreck as of late. So at the beginning of this week, he goes out and lets people know that he's using his travel size NeuroPeak Pro brain training unit. The dude plays DVDs, PG-13 DVDs, then he attaches a gold-plated EEG sensor to his head. The data, Scott, that he receives monitors the peaks and valleys of his brain's electrical current as the movie plays. His goal is to avoid spikes that occur at the most stressful or intense parts of PG-13 movies. He wants to keep his high beta and theta ratios inside a predetermined range. Scott, how are your beta and theta ratios going right now? Um, well, right now, um, according to the, like the, the sensor on my Fitbit, I'm, I guess I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, so a couple things. First of all, I'm not sure if he just makes some of this stuff up and like, says science stuff, so people are like, huh, Bryson's a science guy. Or if he is, like you said, some kind of government operative who's trying to come up with mind control devices. He has to be a secret spy working for the FBI. I, I want to know what this thing looks like, and I haven't looked it up just because I haven't. Okay, um, I, I, I have. And Does it look like something like Wiley e. Coyote would have invented? Yes. It, okay, perfect. It, you know how there are like fitness tracking devices and, and things that monitor everything on you from, from sweat to heart rate, all that stuff. There's EKG monitors that you can wear that are kind of nondescript. If you saw someone wearing this EEG monitor that he wears, you would go, what the hell is wrong with that person? Mm. Bryson wears it. Of course he does. So, first off, it's a lot to digest, right? I'm with you. I think Bryson is a brilliant guy, but I think this is on brand. I think he plays this up, you know? He, he looks at it like, hey, they started calling me the scientist. You know what? I'll give them the scientist. I'll show them the scientist. And just like Kucher's brand used to be, um, you know, the guy who smiles and says, oh, shucks, I hit one out of bounds. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. or, you know, rat farts, I'll read to it. And Phil's is a <laughs> high five. <laughs> you know, Phil's is a high five and a smile. A I think, up. Yeah, thumbs up. I think, yeah, sorry, not high five, thumbs up, my bad. And, yeah, he probably uh, high fives too. Yeah, he does, he does. Um, but I think I think that's what Bryson's is. He's like, I'm a scientist. And, and he's, you see the new Bridgestone commercial with Tiger, right? Mm-hmm. And that's hilarious because he's like, well, I'm talking about the quantum physics of the explosion, the internal ratio of the ball, and Tiger's sipping on the Coke, you know, going like, yeah, that's cool. People want to hit it far. I mean, it's a hilarious, <laughs> it's a hilarious commercial. And Tiger's like, dude, none of that stuff matters. I'm the greatest golfer that's ever lived, okay? Just hit the ball. And I think people would, do, uh, would, would like Bryson a lot better if he did speed up and just hit the ball. So, Scott, here's my question to you. We talked about negative publicity for Bryson, right? Last week at Riv in L.A., he goes and smashes to the side of the bunker. 
this week, while Sky Sports, the UK, you know, golf conglomerate or UK sports conglomerate that covers golf, Sky Sports is doing an interview with Rich Beam. You remember Rich Beam, right, Scott? Uh, 2002 PGA champion. Beat Tiger Woods and did his little old yep. dance on the green there. Looked like the Caddyshack gopher. Rich Beam's doing an interview, and behind him is Bryson DeChambeau on the practice screen, no less. And he takes his putter and just smashes it into the green. Then, nonchalantly, goes to fix the hole or crater that he just created. At least he fixed it. <clears throat> right. What is wrong with this dude? Uh, I have no idea, but it probably has something to do with his data and status ratios not being high enough. I think they probably were off for that split second, and that's why that occurred. So I think it's super important that he keeps those beta and theta waves level so he can play good golf. Yeah, it probably has to do with the angle of the sun in Mexico and, you know, all sorts of other science things. Yeah, I wonder if you took into account the elevation and thin air ratio mm. to putter swing pendulumism as he was destroying the greens. He, I'm sure he did because the, they kept talking about how thin the air was. Yes, yes. It was almost as popular as Kukuya. Mm, very true. That's one thing golf announcers love to do is make the audience feel stupid by repeating it over and over and over. I think part of that, though, is that they realize that, look, most people don't watch four and a half to five straight hours. So we have to keep saying it for the people that tune in and tune out. Right. Um, so here, here's another thing with, with Bryson. Apparently, the pros did not think this was a big deal. You yeah. I, I, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Did you see the Ted Scott video? I was just going to talk about that. Ted oh. Scott and Bubba. Yes, Scott. Go ahead and tell the people. It was beyond hilarious. I commented on Twitter and got a bunch of likes on it. You know, I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, so it, it, it's Ted Scott, who's Bubba Watson's caddy, um, and he's on camera, and he, I don't know exactly the story, but they, you know, they're, they're making up the fact that they got some fan question about how they check the firmness of greens. And Bubba comes out and is like, I, I, I don't know. Let's go ask someone who knows about science. And then they go, they ask Bryson, and Bryson demonstrates, you know, how to destroy a green with your father. Very on brand. It, it was it, a it, uh, hilarious take, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, so if I almost wonder, because it, it, it's not a – it was not one of the greens on the course. If the pros are just like, listen, these things happen. At least he didn't, you know, affect competition, you know, cut him some slack. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, the thing is, like, it's a putting green. Who mm -hmm. gets pissed off at a putting green? Like, he, he was mean, trying to, he was trying to figure something out because he was there late into the night. Um, there's another video yeah, on the yeah. on the PGA Tours Twitter where he's putting basically with cell phone flashlights illuminating the ball. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it, you know, but again, I could see missing a putt that's going to cost you like half a mil, but it's the putting green. I mean, just have some respect for the course, that's all. Yeah, well, and for the, the people who maintain it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a like you're a dude who's worth probably twenty or thirty mil. Like, do you do you still have to act like a baby? I don't know that he can control it. I don't know who's worse, Scott, him or Sergio. Uh, well, I'm going to say Sergio just because yeah, the, the Europeans keep beating us in the Ryder Cup, but I think Sergio's more more of a petulant child than, than Bryson is. But hey, Bryson's still young; he's got a lot of years to catch up, or maybe surpass Sergio. Right. Well, and you would think Sergio would have calmed down a little bit. He's a little bit older. He's a dad now. Yeah, but... he's our age. Yeah, that's true. Like, when's the last time you destroyed something on the golf course? Uh, well, I, I honestly can't think of a time that I've done that. Exactly. In the in the last ten years. Exactly, and we pay for golf. Yeah. You know, like I remember destroying a club once against the side of a tire of a golf cart, and then as soon as I did it, I was like, Jesus. I don't have an eight iron anymore. That was at Eisenhower, if I remember yes. correctly. That was, was at, that was the the infamous round where I fell on a golf cart. Well, I mean that's happened a few times. None that's of that has been true. my fault ever. No, you never. Know, regardless, never. You, you drive great. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're the only one that might say that, but I do appreciate. It. All right. You see this? Uh, you see this about Pat Perez? Pat Perez is a Jordan athlete. And uh, which is funny because I don't think of Pat Perez as an athlete, but Pat Perez is a Jordan athlete, and he says, uh, you know, I've gotten into a few things over the years that I've become obsessed with, and you can only imagine with Pat Perez what those might be. Hmm. But the dude went on to tell Golf.com that he's got over a thousand pairs of Jordans, most of them which he hasn't even been gifted from the Jordan company. You know, I'm talking about the the type that. You know, the real sneaker heads will win a raffles and, you know, that they're paying black market fees for and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the kind that people with too much money go out and buy um, on eBay or, you know, different different sneaker trading websites, Fight yeah. Club, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. So he's got over a thousand pairs. He's renovating a room just to showcase them. But he tells this hilarious story. Him and Jordan are playing around together, right? And Jordan's got this pair of Jordan 6s that they turned into golf shoes. And at the end of the round, Jordan says to him, hey, man, you want these? And Pat Perez goes, oh, what size are they? And Jordan's like uh, 13 or something like that or 12 and a half. Yeah. And Pat Perez goes, oh, no, dude, it's cool. Those aren't my size. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> a pair of one of a kind, Michael Jordan worn golf shoes. I mean, which he probably would have signed to the guy too. Yeah, like he would have put, "Hey Pat, great round, you know. Thanks for the five hundred bucks I took off you and the two stogies I smoked." <laughs> and Pat Perez says, "No, because they're not my size." And he says, "To this day, it's one of his biggest regrets in life." Yeah, if Michael Jordan offers you anything off his body, just take it. Yeah. Uh, Preferably, like, shoes and watches. <laughs> Definitely, or gold chains. Yeah. 
Or, right, or, like, an, or like an NBA championship ring. Uh, I'd take one of those. <laughs> yeah, I would take one of those. I'd take it right to the bank. Mm-hmm. Go to the, the local bodega, the porn shop, and uh, get my money for it. Uh, hey, one of our segments last week kind of hit it off with some people. I got a lot of uh, notes or messages on Twitter, and when we did our bad sponsors. Yeah. And people were going through the history of all these awful sponsorships, which made me think maybe we start a new segment and we highlight just an awful sponsor, and it could be for any reason, you know? And mm-hmm. I I want to nominate one this week who who happens to be one of my favorite, if not my favorite golfer of almost all time, and that's Ian Poulter. Great personality. And you and I have had some interactions with him on the course. Am I right? And his caddy. And without a doubt. And so we've gotten to smoking cigarettes at a both sides. <laughs> Yeah, Terry loves to smoke cigarettes. That is the truth. He might love smoking cigarettes more than Pat Perez loves Air Jordans. Mm. So, Poulter actually figures pretty heavily into our into our podcast today. But Ian Poulter is sponsored by Cool Sculpting. And Cool Sculpting is this, like, hoax fraud company that guarantees that they're going to freeze fat cells away without any type of surgery. So it's like an L.A. cosmetic type thing. You know what I mean? Mm. So Poulter goes there, and I found this on his Instagram feed. Poulter goes there and does like five or six treatments of of underneath his neck, as he says, I was getting turkey neck, right? Uh, so, okay. I mean, he's not what I would describe as heavy at all. But. No, no, not, I mean, not at all, but I guess whatever. I, they were probably like, hey, dude, why don't you come in and, and we'll give you some, you know, free sessions. So he goes in and he's posting these like session one, session two, session three. There's zero difference. And people are commenting left and right. They're going, dude, you're just p- posting the same picture. Like you haven't been there five times. He's like, no, the difference is astounding. My wife doesn't even <laughs> recognize me anymore. <laughs> and people are like, no, dude, it's literally the same picture. And some guy was like, hey, I overlaid each picture and measured the pixelations and nothing has changed in those six pictures. Like, there are some people with too much time on their hands. Mm. So that's, Yeah, that's if, if, if you care that much, then you get, get over yourself. Yeah, but that is, is without a doubt our bad sponsor of the week, Cool Sculpting. And he wears it everywhere. It's on his hat. He's done commercials for them. It's... uh. It's so bad, it's good. Actually, it's so bad, Scott, it's cool. So I'm actually on their website right now, and the it's cool is on there a few times. Um, but one of the, the options is, am I a candidate? And then you answer a series of questions, and it, it gives you, I'm going to air quote, personalized results. Mm. I think no matter what I would have put, it would have found a way to spin it to say that I was, in fact, a candidate. <laughs> of course. Of course. You could probably say you suffered from anorexia and, you know, you weigh 38 pounds and you're six foot two and they'd be like, ooh, there's probably definitely some fat cells that we can freeze there. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm actually going to go in, just answer it differently and see what happens. All right. Hey, have fun with that. As you're doing that, 
Let's yeah. talk about one of our let's talk about a good sponsor. Let's talk about one of our new sponsors, and that's SwingJuice.com. And you can find them online at SwingJuice.com. You can find them on Instagram, SwingJuice, and they make some of the most clever golf-related T-shirts out there. So we picked them up as a sponsor and said, hey, we'd like to run a promotion. We'd like to run a little game for our listeners through Twitter, through Instagram. And you can find our Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin, leave the pin. And we ask for people to just tag three of their friends and tell us why they would want to win this shirt. And so this week, Swing Juice is giving away a Rodney Dangerfield Caddyshack-inspired shirt that says, keep it fair on it, as he's talking into his telephone and the television is playing on his golf bag there. And so our winner was Zach Werner, and it's ZWerney47 on Twitter. And he says the reason why he wants to win this shirt is so he can smash balls at the driving range and hit them for miles. That's good enough for me, Scott. Are you, is that good enough for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's an excellent reason to, one, get a, a new shirt. You know, people will be watching you going, wow, who's hitting those balls so far? And where right. do you get that fresh T-shirt? Exactly, exactly. And then he can tell people that's provided by Swing Juice and give them a little info and, hey, maybe some, some tips as well. So, Zach Werner, ZWerney47, we're going to direct message you, or if you listen to this tonight, hit us up, DM, and we'll get that shirt out to you from SwingJuice.com. Scott, you see all the uh, hubbub over the shorts that we talked about last week. Do you see the pictures everyone's sharing of Phil's calves? Mm-hmm. Scott, why I'm don't Phil's... I'm, I'm not surprised. Why don't they match the rest of his body? Because... Phil probably walks more than 95% of all humans. Okay, and, so why Phil got such his, a gut then? Uh, that I can't explain. But okay. I think all, all these guys, their legs are probably, you know, overdeveloped compared to the rest of their yeah. bodies. Yeah, I think so too. It's just, it's insane. I mean, he's got the legs, the calves of a bodybuilder. And he's got the upper body of a keg drinker. Phil's going to fill. <laughs> Phil is going to fill. Uh, so that's it for the rundown for the week for all the crazy golf news. Shall we get into the rundown, Scott? Let's do it. All right. So the WGC Mexico Championship rundown. This is presented by our boys at OGA and Wahoo Golf Apparel. Check them out on Instagram at a Wahoo Golf Apparel. So we're at Club Day Golf Chapultepec, Mexico City, Mexico. The underground Underlord capital of the world, El Chapo's Golf Course. It's a par 71, 7,345 yards. WGC event, see and know the purse is big, 10.25 mil. And our boy, the calf master himself, Phil Mickelson, is the defending champ. So, Scott, on Thursday, our boy Rory goes out and blows away almost everyone, except for DJ, and... Ooh, Scott, should we say the word blow around DJ? Especially Uh, in Mexico? No, um, we definitely should not um, because he may end up getting himself uh, suspended again. Yeah. 
So Rory goes he eight. may end up taking some time away from the game voluntarily. Ah, that's, from, that's the story well, we're going to go with. From wearing socks on a wooden stairs and falling down. Yeah, yeah. Right, day before the Masters, too, no less. Yeah, that always happens. Uh, so Rory goes eight under par. We want to give a shout-out to our boy, Rory Black O'Roy, who did not shoot eight under par, but is still repping us all the time. So Rory McElroy goes eight under, DJ's at seven, and then our boy JT is at five under. We know Bryson damages the putting green. Our man, Phil the Calfmaster, shoots 79. <laughs> he shot 79, Scott. Yeah, that was not a good beginning to a title defense. And he's ahead of a guy, your favorite golfer, uh, Stang Hyun Park. Who? Oh, yeah, Stang Hyun Park. Yeah. Um, Scott. Which, uh, if you would have asked me, um, you know, who's who Stang Hyun Park, I would have said, is that a park in Seoul? Have you ever heard his name before I just said it? Uh, he is n- nowhere near my favorite park. No, he is no Jane Park. No, not even close. Finally, on Thursday, we know Tiger blew Mexico City's world up with the amount of tickets he sold, and we talked last week about how his press conference gets switched. And so they gave him the um, Mexican football treatment on the first tee. <clears throat> Scott, I'm going to see if I can, if I can do it, if you would, uh, if you'd humor me for a second. Can I try the introduction that they gave him? Oh, by all means. From USA, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Spot, Tiger, spot on. <laughs> spot on. Tiger has to back away because he's laughing. Joe LaCava is literally biting his tongue, and tears are coming out of his eyes. You would think that Tiger would be like, oh, my God, these people love me. I'm going to do it for them. You know, he goes and, and hits his first tee shot OB. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the adrenaline might have been, you know, getting the better from there. Yeah, so he goes off to 71. Nothing happening for him all day. He's got to reload off the first tee, and uh, that's about the way it went. Uh, you know, good job grinding him your way back to even par. Well, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, because, I mean, look, I've had rounds where I've made bogey off the first hole, and they've been some of my best rounds, but I can't imagine starting a tournament round, hitting a ball, just straight OB, you know? It's it's not like playing with us, where like, oh, take a mulligan, dude, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, nope. Not good. All right, so that takes us to Friday. And our Tommy Fleetwood, right, long hair, don't care, goes eagle, eagle to start. He was one of my picks. I know. And that was a, and, and and again, you look like a genius on Friday. So Scott, how many Tommy Fleetwood made two eagles in the first two holes? How many eagles do you have in your life? Uh, either two or three. Um, it's definitely two, and I might have made a third one somewhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. And, and that might have been in a scramble. Right. But regardless, an, an amazing start. Uh, Phil the Castmaster goes 79 on Thursday, comes back 14 strokes better to 65. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like he woke up and decided to start playing again. Right. That's golf, right? That's Phil's going to fill. 
Bill's going to fill. DJ is completely bogey three for the first two rounds and leads. It is the last time that he is not in the lead all week long. Yeah, uh, he, he, he ran, ran away. Let's talk about Tiger on number nine. This was the, we know Gene Sarazen with the double eagle with the shot at the mass and the shot heard around the world. Uh, um, yes. Tiger, oh, I, have, nine. I have news about Gene Sarazen, but I, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, look, look, Scott, he's, he's not alive anymore. And what? <laughs> wait, wait, just wait. Let's move on. Oh my gosh. Uh, my head is literally spinning right now. I have the ghost of Gene Sarazen has possessed Scott. Uh, so Tiger on nine is literally the shot seen around Twitter, if you will. Just, do you want to recap it for the people what happened and what he did? Uh, this was the bunker shot. I'm, uh, correct, correct. Uh, yeah, so you guys know how um, Tiger Woods hit some unhuman shots, like shots that no human being should be able to hit. Very well, true. Tiger hits this one uh, out of a fairway bunker. Probably, you know, put a, a cut on it that was maybe 45 yards. Uh, it lands on the green, yep. takes a hop to the right, and starts rolling towards the hole. Um, and comes to a stop about three feet from it. it an incredible shot. But then again, it's yeah, tiger, you would, so. you Shouldn't surprise us, right? Exactly. Yeah, you cut out there for a little bit, so, you know, it stopped about 10, 10 feet from the hole. And, you know, that is vintage Tiger. And that's what he should do. And just like New Day Tiger, he missed the putt. Yeah. And that was kind of the story of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, he just put a ton of action on it. It was insane. Scott, what do you think the last time uh, Tiger's ball saw so much action was? Um, <laughs> well, hopefully he's not implicated in this whole Robert Kraft thing because everyone saw everyone saw Sting in Jupiter, Florida, and everyone on golf Twitter immediately jumped on. Uh, Tiger might be involved in that, and then Adam Schefter's like, "Yeah, Robert Kraft isn't the biggest name, and who's a bigger yeah. name than Robert Kraft?" Uh, not a lot, probably. No, there's not. And actually, if you want to hear more about that, listen to our boy Z over at Bringing the Heat podcast. He's going to have a whole rundown of not only the Robert Kraft incident, but everyone else that was implicated in that as well in the sports world. I like, Scott, how on Twitter, Bridgestone, you know, the type of ball Tiger plays is Bridgestone now, how they jumped right in on it and said, since switching to Bridgestone, you know, Tiger's got, all, you know, all this more spin, and he's never been able to do this with a golf ball before. And I'm like, you ever see, like, the 2001 Canadian Open? You ever watch the Masters? You ever see him at the Open Championship? I guess we got short memories, right? It, it was very similar to that Canadian Open shot. Yes. Yes. That one, but, though. But you're right about short memories, because that was a while ago. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing in golf is people, there's so much golf always being played that people just completely forget about, you know, what even happened two weeks ago, you know? Yeah, and he's got so many of them. It's just, 
it, you, you almost get lost. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So on Friday, Cooch and Roars are tied for second, two strokes behind, right? Roars keeping it close up till the weekend. So, Scott, are you surprised at how well on Thursday and Friday Cooch played? Are you surprised that he played so well in Mexico? And are you surprised that he made it out alive of Mexico? So, yeah, he came out really hot. And then, like, you know, the, the weekend, um, I'm wondering if El Chucan was in the gallery and Kucha Ooh. was so nervous that he was there that he it was like almost a happy Gilmore situation where he was worried that he was going to meet him in the park a lot. Um, All right. Do you, so, do you think at any point in time, Kucher looked around and said in his head, "Like, I wonder if any of these are L two Cans guys." I think he knew that they were L two Cans guys. Mm. I don't think he was going to say anything for fear of retribution, but I almost feel like there was just all these caddies in the gallery, and like Kucher would step up to the tee and he'd just kind of take a quick look, and, and there'd be one of those guys like bending a nine iron. And, you know, Kucher just be like, just hit it quickly and, and keep walking. Yeah. It, it, very interesting. But then, then where did, where did he go on Saturday and Sunday, Scott? What's that? Where, where did Kucher go on Saturday and Sunday? Uh, in, in terms of score or? Yeah, he disappeared, right? He fell off the face of the earth. Uh, yeah, he it was a, a complete and total disaster. Uh, he shot 79-74. So, yeah, I mean, he broke 80. So that, I guess that's something positive. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a train wreck. Sounds like Montezuma's revenge may have got him. <laughs> yeah, probably. So last thing on Friday... I think this was total BS, but I got a counterpoint to that too, so I guess I'm a hypocrite. Fowler has penalized a stroke for a shoulder height drop. Now, I know Fowler has a little bit of that rebelliousness in him, just like you do. I know your mm-hmm. contempt for the USGA and you saying last week that you would drop from any height that you want. I'm feeling like you're at fault here. I'm feeling like you influenced Ricky in this drop. I feel like you owe Ricky a stroke. So he, here's here's my opinion. Ricky accurately said that the rule is garbage, and right. it, he hopes he gets overturned. He's right. Um, I think he took one for the the silly, you know, knee height dropping team. Um, because he's like, you know what? This is a bad rule, and if someone like me speaks out against it, maybe something will happen. Interesting point. Interesting point. Here's a counterpoint to that. And I also really wish after that happened and after he did, you know, press, he would have ended his press conference with, suck it, USGA. <laughs> but Ricky Fowler is too well. Ricky Fowler is too well mannered to do that. So yeah, I'll just do yeah. it for him. I, okay. We know you're thinking it, so there you go, Ricky. I know that is your go-to tagline, and I would envision some merch in the future with you, maybe wearing some sort of green shirt. Does, can't say DX on it because we don't owe those 
own those rights, but something like that, making a chop symbol at your crotch, and or you know maybe you're wearing a green leave the pin and shirt and just suck at USGA. Well, I think we also need to make one in in orange in honor of Ricky Fowler. Okay. One for the team. We're gonna have to get our uh, design specialist Tyler on that, the merch man. Hmm. So here's here's what the I was saying is, before. Why can't you drop from higher than your knee? What as long as you're not going lower, which gives you a competitive advantage. What, what if you drop from your like shoulders or you drop from your hip? What what difference does it make? Yeah, I, look, you're preaching to the choir. I don't think it makes I, a difference. I, I know. I think the USGA is headstrong, and they just go, look, these are the rules, and this is what we say, and this is what goes. Now, my counterpoint, which I was trying to say, is that, you know, everybody in the field, any pro golfer, even amateur golfer, we've known these rules for almost three full months now. And Ricky's played four or five tournaments. So, you know, like, at this point in time, it almost looks like maybe you're right. Maybe Ricky is doing that deliberately. He did say he, he's been dropping this way for 28 years and just muscle memory took over. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. Maybe he needs a, a theta and beta wave machine so so his waves don't take over and he gets like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Bryce can work on like a, a muscle memory elimination machine where you can target certain things that you don't want your brain to like just do and then that'll help him. Well, possibly. Maybe we'll add that to the list of things that Bryson and I are inventing. First up is though the mm-hmm. weather machine that's getting closer. We have interesting poll on Saturday with our leader DJ. This is as close as people got. Scotto. I don't remember the hole, but he blows a tee shot right. Look, DJ I don't know the exact numbers. I'm going to say the dude hit nine fairways all week. He was all over Mexico. It was unbelievable. He hits onto a sprinkler head. Now, all he had to do was chip back into the fairway. He does that right into a tree. Mm. Hits the tree, goes back into, like, these vines. Then it's stuck up against the fence. But it kicks back into play off the fence. He ends up making double. It brings Rory within two strokes on Saturday. It is the closest anybody ever got to him, and it was because he made a mockery of the hole. He's four shots clear at the end of the day Saturday, and it's just it's it's a DJ coronation the next day. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 made that course. Exactly. You might think that with DJ being so far ahead, that there was nothing interesting going on Saturday at the tournament. You could not be further away from the truth. This we know is Paul, absolutely brilliant. It's 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 unbelievable. This next story, and it makes zero sense. And I don't know if it shows how good the players are or how meaningless being a caddy is. I have no idea what this is trying to tell us. Let's let the people decide. Paul Casey, his, his, his caddy is nicknamed Johnny Long Socks because he always wears like these three-quarter socks. Starting the, on the 10th hole, he goes par birdie eagle. Three under in a three-hole stretch. That's phenomenal, right, Scott? 
it's outstanding. And, and, I mean, that's, and, a, and that's the kind of opening that everyone hopes for. Right. And, and a caddy only can help you to that when they have the exact pin locations. They know exactly how far the pin is cut from the edges and how deep it is in the green, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you need to know that information. And you get that how information from the, from the edge. Uh, yeah, right. absolutely. You get that information from the tour. The tour gives each caddy a pin sheet. Uh, I would think that even if they don't hand you a paper copy of it, there's, you know, maybe online somewhere the caddies can go pick that information up. You can you can always get it. I get the pin sheets every tournament day from PGA Tour Communications. Mm-hmm. And if I was a caddy and if I was not given a pin sheet, that's where I would go. So Paul Casey and Johnny Longsocks from the 10th hole, first three holes, go three under par using a pin sheet from the Puerto Rico Open. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was not playing in the Puerto Rico Open. He was playing at Chapultepec at the WGC Mexico event. He was using a pin sheet from a course he wasn't even playing um, and he goes three under. Literally not on the same, you know, part of the, the world. No. no. No, it's not like they're playing at Pebble and he accidentally picked up the, um, you know, links at Spanish Bay or the mm. Monterey Peninsula or the Cypress Point one. He picks up a completely different tournament's pin sheet and they go three under. It's, it's, I mean, it's hilarious. It's beyond hilarious. I'm wondering if the, in the back of his head, Johnny Longsocks is going, dude, that shows how meaningless I truly am. Well, you also have to wonder, maybe, maybe Paul Casey was not playing that well. And <laughs> right. It's conveniently, you know, Miss- taking good bounces. Yeah, and missed all the numbers that he was, like, supposed to hit or whatnot, you know? Unbelievable. So this this next one is my I, – I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Gene Sarazen, but this next one is my favorite story of the week. <clears throat> I'm sitting home watching TV last night, and I was flipping through Instagram real quick, and Poulter's Instagram story pops up. And all I – all I see is him inside someone's Mexican house and a black Jaguar walking back and forth. So instantly, obviously, I am hooked. He went to this place. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Poulter plus Jungle Cat. <laughs> this is going to be good. He went to this place, and on Instagram, they're called at Black Jaguar White Tiger. Turns out they are an animal rehabilitation place. They get animals from all over. But a lot of their animals down there come from these drug lords that have nothing else to spend their money on. So they buy cheetahs, and they buy white tigers, and they buy jaguars, and they they buy monkeys and orangutans. You know, like crazy stuff. So Poulter? Like Mike Tyson in the 80s. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Or Siegfried and Roy or whoever. Hmm. Poulter, Rory, and Henrik Stenson, Henrik Stenson go to this place. Now, Scott, if you were playing a tournament for $10.25 million, 
would you go and play with tigers, lions, monkeys, and jaguars in a Mexican dude's house? Um, I don't know that I would do that not playing in a golf tournament for millions of dollars. They come out bloody, scratched, and all they keep talking about is how sharp their teeth are and how much these little babies love to bite. I'm not sure who it was. I think it was Henrik Stenson. Well, one of those cats went to town on his shoes. Yes, yes. And then in one of the clips, Poulter says, oh, you don't look that bad. And Henson says, that's because I got all the blood to stop bleeding down my arm. (laughs) And he shows a close-up, and they're, like, all shredded up. Like, the night before the final round of a tournament. Part of me thinks that's beyond awesome because they just don't even care. They know they're such great golfers. They're going to play well at the no-cut event. They're going to get paid. And then part of me's like, that's insane to do that while you're in competition. Yeah, and both Polter and, and McElroy were pretty pretty close to the top. Yeah, like they both finished top ten. Yeah. I mean, that's a great show, and that's big money. Um, now, honestly, if that was me and the opportunity arose, look, how many times are you going to get a chance to interact so closely with those types of creatures? Never. No, never. You know, unless you know someone like Mike Tyson, then you can bring him over to your house. True. All right, so that brings us to Sunday. Look, Scott, as much as the announcers wanted to make it, seem like something was going to happen. DJ ran away with this. Yeah, no, it was over. So the only thing that's like even close to exciting is Rory and DJ both get like this drop. Rory's up against a tree. I don't know what he argued, but they let him drop for free away from this tree because he said he was like, well, I was going to play the ball left-handed to hit it back to the fairway. Like, what the fuck? You're a righty. <laughs> what are you talking about? You were going to hit it left-handed. Yeah. It's, you know, hey, it, it, it's Mexico. Maybe he slipped him a few bucks. You know, maybe he told him that DJ knows El Chapo, and they give him the drop. The only other story of the day, JT, Justin Thomas, goes and makes nine birdies through his first 12 holes. Yeah, he, he was playing out of his mind. Right. I heard that. On, it, I heard that on the radio. I, I went in. I was running out food shopping, and they're like, "Oh, JT's got you know eight, seven birdies." And I, by the time I got back to the car, it was nine. I was like, "Oh." Yeah, like, I mean, it, run. Like even with all that, you know, happening, um, you know, he doesn't even come close because he was so far behind. I mean, it's yeah. just it was the coronation of yet another Dustin Johnson win. Uh, what? The only the only other thing I thought was was hilarious. Did you see uh, one of the spectators pick up Rory's ball? No, I didn't see that. So he, he hit it offline, obviously, and right. it kind of comes to rest at, at one of the spectators' feet, and she just <laughs> reaches down, picks it up, and go and I don't know what she was going to do with it, but one of the 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 marshals, I guess, ran over. And hmm. kind of just like slapped it out of her hand and 
then a, a rules official came over and everything was right with the world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so DJ wins, wins his 20th. You know, he's still got 60 more to catch up with Tiger. That's not happening. And, uh... You can't fault him for that. No, no. But it just shows the greatness that is Tiger Woods. And then, so that's it. I mean, DJ wins. Congrats. It's a great. It's a WGC. It's a, you know, a, a World Golf Championship. So that's awesome. Now, our alternate field event, where we had our boy Jason Gore on the podcast... Uh, at Cocoa Beach Golf Club, the Puerto Rico Open plays 7,500 yards, a par 72, DA points, DA Lego points, is our defending champ. Scott, you would think Jason Gore would get the podcast bump, finish top five, bring home a nice check to the fam. Uh, Scott, what did we do? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I went on, I looked at it. And uh, I took a picture of, you know, the WD with Jason Gore. And I was just like, uh, what happened? Yeah, so I, I had I had texted him and said, hey, buddy, you know, I hope everything's okay. I said, really hope it's not your back. And he got back to me and said, yep. He said, it's my back. Uh, I said, basically, completely flared up. Couldn't make any swings. And uh, was very positive about it, you know. I mean, again, like you talked about on the pod, that, it's it's not his one and only thing anymore. So he's taking it with a grain of salt and, and moving on to bigger and better things. But I don't want to discourage any tour pros out there that want to come on. Like, we don't have a curse. If you come on and do an interview with us, you're not going to get injured. Okay? Guaranteed it's a bump. This is going to lead Jason Gore to bigger and better things. I, I hope so. Because he's a good dude. And, again, if you haven't listened to it, the interview is terrific. Yeah, real fun guy to talk to. Uh, Martin Trainer wins. Congrats, Martin Trainer. He's a call-up for the Web.com tour. The only other story uh, that was boy, interesting. Our Go boy ahead. Bryson Nimmer finished top 50. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did Bryson he, Nimmer destroy any greens? I, I doubt it very highly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he actually he, he was three under for the week, the week. So, you know, good job, Bryson Nimmer. Um, again, you're you're my boy. So, if by some slim chance you hear this, yeah, feel free to to hop on. Well, I think that's a good idea. Maybe that should be our next play: is try to get Bryson Nimmer on the show. And, uh, well, I've, I've just named him my favorite uh, college golfer. So, I, I heard you. I know. I know. I know. Oh, he's the dude from Clemson. Yep. Okay, so that man, that might be a little bit tricky to get him on as a as a college guy. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's not like we're paying him. No, 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 no. And we're not going to give him a shoe that blows out either, so we should be okay. So, Zach Blair, Scott. uh, Zach Blair, big, great golfer, web.com tour guy who is big in the social media world of golf, wants to start the Buck Club out in Utah. He, this this is, I just want to tell you this story real quick. I don't know if you saw it or heard about it. I followed it over the weekend. But very interesting in what a pro golfer will do and the length that they will go to to just get into a tournament. And, and that's the thing with pro golf. They are probably the most fairly paid sport out there because you're only paid for how well you play. That's it. You're paid for performance. It's not like the NFL where they're paying you for, you know, what you might be able to do in the future, you know? Yeah, you, you get a contract and then you're good. You don't have to play at all. Right, exactly. Yeah, you get an NFL contract, you get injured, you might still get paid. 
So Zach Blair was the last alternate in the field. And it's funny because as we were going through the notes of last week's show, I was looking at all the people that were playing. He's literally like the 11th alternate. He gets a last-minute call that he's in the field. He tries to get from Utah to New York. where He lives in Utah, and New York is the closest major hub that's flying out to Puerto Rico. Two flights canceled. He gets into Puerto Rico at 5.30 a.m. Thursday. Gets to the course at 6.30 a.m. Thursday. He's off at 7.30 a.m. Thursday. Goes one under, ends up making the cut, making a paycheck. Uh, yeah, that's that. Those are the kind of stories that you, you hear about it, and you're like, you know what? That's one of the things that makes all sports great is that yeah. you get a guy who can play, he gets an opportunity, and he makes the most of it. He went through three flight delays and three time zones. Didn't sleep for 27 hours. He said when he shot that one under. Yeah, and he's probably thinking, like, well, if I get there, I get there. If I don't, I don't. And he gets there, and then he's just he's got to ride the high a little bit. So, yeah, good job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, he, I'm sure he didn't get an announcement on the first tee like Tiger did. Um, I doubt it. Because, again, people like you and I have heard of him, but I don't know that um, people in Puerto Rico are huge Zach Flair fans. No, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, Scott, let's let's finish off with things that pissed you off this week. Perfect. You got anything this week, or were you pretty happy? What's what's the deal? I, so I, I mentioned Gene Sarazen before. Yeah. So I I don't know if you are aware, but the the trophy for the World Golf Championship in Mexico is the Gene Sarazen Cup or trophy or something like that. No idea. News to me right now. Breaking on Lee McKinnon. You just broke the news. So I, I was a little weirded out by that. I was like, why would this be a Gene Sarazen thing? It's Mexico. Does he have some kind of connection to Mexico? Did he win some big tournament in Mexico? Conveniently, Gene Sarazen it was a, a you know lifetime member of the PGA Tour, so he has a profile on the PGA Tour website. Okay. Okay. Now, this is the best part of it. According to the PGA Tour website, Gene Sarazen is still alive and is 114 years old. Stop it. Nope, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's got to be the only one they missed. (laughs) But you'd be wrong. Because according to the PGA Tour website, and I I did this purposely because I wanted to check just what I just said, like... This this has to be just a one-off kind of mistake. Nope. According to the PGA Tour website, uh, Mr. Ben Hogan, still alive and 104 years old. I, I think he died wow. in 1997. Huh. Um, now, I know what you're saying. Maybe they just don't list players um, as being deceased. Well, Give me another famous golfer who, you know, is, is deceased fairly recently. You know, perhaps one um, who really likes ice tea and lemonade together. Would you be talking about the king himself? I am talking about Arnold Palmer. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, as long as this is just what they do, and they don't list people with the date that they've passed away, then it's cool. But no, Arnold Palmer's website... 
September 25th, 2016, age 87, deceased. So the PGA Tour not knowing that some of their players have passed away, that pisses me off. Uh, that is beyond awful in terms of digital media. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought it was really cool that they had the profile up there. And I was like, oh, well, I can just you know click on this, see if maybe he won some like, big tournament there. And it was him as being alive. Hmm. And and 114 years old. That's a good. That's a good age. I wonder yeah, if he could. He's doing real well for himself. I wonder if he could break his age. I wonder if he could shoot his age. Um. Probably. He's Gene Sarazen. So before you actually said Gene Sarazen is dead, um, and not according to the PGA Tour. <laughs> Once again, I was wrong. Thank you, PGATour.com. Here's what pissed me off this week. We're playing in Mexico. We're playing at Elevation. You ever play at Elevation, Scott? Uh, well, uh, Poconos, that's Elevation. Okay, yeah, five, six, seven hundred feet. I played when in... From, when you're from Long Island, that is yeah. it, it, it's Elevation. You're good. You're 100% right. I'm not arguing. I played at, at higher Elevation, you know? I played in Montana. I played where you need to um, take into account an extra 10, 12 yards. And these guys are playing at extremely high elevations, so the ball is going to go further. So what really pissed me off this week were these announcers coddling these tour players by defending the bad shots because of the elevation, saying that, oh, well, they probably didn't take into account that they're playing at 7,000 feet above sea level. If you got a chance on Monday or Tuesday to see the range there, Every single guy had their track man out. We're getting their numbers. We're charting it in their yardage books. I mean, yes, I understand it's different when you say, okay, a tour's pitching wedge goes 145, and this week it's going to go 158. I get in the back of your head maybe sometimes you don't get that feeling of I'm able to make this shot. But – Dude, it's been three weeks, and I'm missing Johnny and Miller like crazy because no one's got the balls to go up and just say, look, these dudes have $30,000 machines behind them that are giving them the exact numbers. They're tour pros. All they do is hit balls. It was a bad shot. It's not because of elevation. A bad shot is a bad shot. So what pissed me off this week on the announcers coddling these guys and saying – Ooh, that was a bad shot because of the elevation there. Yeah, so they're 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 contributing to the, the excuse, right? And I understand it's all a show, and I understand it's all TV, and that's that's the thing this week. The thing is that we're at elevation; it's super high, man. I'm not talking about DJ right now. The elevation's super high, man, and. The balls go a lot further. Yeah, we get it. Someone drove a 405-yard green. I understand, okay? I get it. The air's thin. Tiger can't curve the ball as much. Leave it be. Call a spade a spade. Call it what it is. All right, Scott, anything yeah. else? Let's talk about train on Maine, all right? Because uh, I was there this weekend. I was going to say, I think I saw a picture of that place this weekend. Yep. I was there on Saturday and Sunday. With my my two sons, both junior golfers, 
And look, train on Main at 427 Main Street, Stroudsburg. Their Instagram Instagram is train underscore on underscore Main or train dash on dash Main dot com. Dan, the owner, will get you ready for the upcoming golf season. He's got great strength and flexibility program. It's where I take both my sons to train for their junior golf tour season. So you know that they're a top-notch facility. Stop by, let Dan know that Leave the Pin In sent you, and you will get the Leave the Pin In pod listener discount. I sat down with him this weekend. We hashed it out, talked about it. He's 100% on board. So if you're in the Northeast PA area, head down there, and you will 100% get a discount from our man, Dan. That, that's very uh, very generous of Dan. Without a doubt. And, you know, I feel like that's a place you want to get your golf game in shape or just yourself in shape, head over there. He'll take care of you. Yep, and, and there are tons of courses within 15 minutes of the gym. There's a range within 10 minutes or less of the gym. So you've got everything that you could need to become a top-notch golfer. The only thing we don't have is the weather. <laughs> no, that, that ain't happening anytime soon. Scott, you got anything you want to, anything else you want to plug, anything else you want to talk about before we let the good people go? Nah, I think we're good, man. Yeah, so do I. All right, people, look, have a great week. Get out and play if you can. The weather might be starting to break, right? Because you either get busy golfing or you get busy dying. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. It's a real panther, so you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Stings the nostrils in a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense.